Hi folks, welcome to Agency Unfiltered, the HubSpot Solutions Partner Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Dunn, and Agency Unfiltered is a weekly web series and podcast that interviews the owners, founders, and executives of agencies and services providers from around the world about whatever it takes to grow and scale. And this week, we have on Rich Wood, CEO of Six and Flow, and noted Tom Brady superfan, who joins the podcast to share his team's experimentation and use of generative AI. Rich discusses what drove the initial interest, the guardrails that he set out for his team, and how he's begun integrating generative AI into his work streams, processes, and more. Rich shares thoughts on how to onboard a larger team to generative AI use and upskill a team's general AI savviness, including prompt creation, templatization, the human sense check and review of outputs, and more. We then discuss how generative AI has helped his team, including the efficiency gains uncovered and the pull-through impact onto the client experience. You know, for example, he explains how he's now rethinking his org's contract budget for content, citing generative AI use in the early phases of content planning yields fewer revisions, a quicker turnaround, and a better output than potentially the network of freelancers he's used historically. Are you piloting generative AI for your own team, or are you looking to get started? Either way, go no further than today's episode of Agency Unfiltered. unfiltered how you doing my friend very good mate nice to see you again nice to see you it's been a while since we got you on the horn here on the podcast um what's the latest what's what's new in the six and flow world in the universe uh, you know so like i think we've um last time we spoke i think we probably was around inbound time i think um so mm-hmm. back in september i think we're now uh, 45 people um we operate in four countries and have team members in six so wow. yeah things are things are good good start to the year um not quite as fast paced as we were hoping q1 to be but with there or thereabouts for what we were targeting so kind mm-hmm. of good legs going into q2 as well yeah i will fingers crossed for a ramp up in q2 uh service wise where are you guys operating these days what um what are you bringing to the table for your clients so our main area of focus over the last couple of years actually has been more in like the sales and CRM space. And mm-hmm. I think probably over the last 18 months, maybe stretching out to two years, migrating more into that kind of overall uh, revenue ops uh, space. Um, so like our, our team have been upskilling and kind of working with um, uh, third party um, partners as well. So like we're very close with the guys with Ebster, um, which is mm-hmm. a revenue intelligence tool. Um, and working a lot with them to kind of define and refine our RevOps um, process. We still do um, marketing delivery, strategy, um, and education. So I, I think we spoke about it ages ago, but we, mm-hmm. about two years ago, again, we moved into our, a framework of strategy, implementation, and education. So all of those three pillars are the kind of areas of focus. RevOps fits into that. And actually, we have just over the last month started to transition to uh, being a, go, a strategic go-to-market agency. So that is how we're positioning ourselves now. We're moving away from growth agency mm-hmm. and into that GTM space and RevOps being a core pillar within that. 
I love that. You know, you mentioned EBSTA, Revenue Intelligence. Uh, had them on the – there's an episode of Agency Unfiltered uh, featuring their team. Love the concept of like, all right, do you understand your close one DNA uh, and how do we extract that to inform your sales process? Um, so, yeah, great team over there. Great content. Uh, also love the framework you just outlined, strategy, implement, education. Um, now, I'm sure we can get into that uh, in, in finer detail. Because I think uh, what I want to focus on today with you, uh, based on what I've heard, Six and Flow uh, seeking to you know further operationalize artificial intelligence, maybe more specifically generative AI. Uh, uh, tell me more about how you think about generative AI, where it fits into the process, uh, and maybe we'll we'll go from there. So where we're currently at with AI, because I think this is like for everybody, it's a an ever evolving beast, right? Like we're <laughs> As we're starting to understand where it could fit in, um, it, it starts to kind of open up wider. But where we're currently at with it is team augmentation. And I don't mean that in like the knobby way that that sounds, but like <laughs> we're not trying to replace team members with AI um, because I think both have a place like working side by side, but we're trying to augment the processes that we have with AI. So I think the current, the current, um, I think to give that context, the way that uh, I think people would most easily understand is, so our our coding team, well, like the teams who are involved with code will yes. sense check bits of code with it sometimes, or they will ask, like, can you quickly create this piece of HTML or CSS? So it's just like speeding up processes. And then, then on our uh, content side, it, it gets used for a research tool. So like, uh, give me, give me a summary of this or, or um, outline the, the top 10 things like that kind of stuff. So it gets used at the research stage and then at the actual content creation stage for um, uh, like blog writing or high value yeah. content writing, but it gets top and tailed with humans. So we've got like the humans doing the strategy piece at the beginning, doing persona work. We then sometimes use generative AI to sense check those um, that persona work as well. Then we uh, we pump in uh, kind of the the blog titles or like the direction, like the actual content piece um, positioning mm -hmm. that gets pumped in. We then get a an outline of a blog potentially, or we get more of a kind of it depends on what we're actually writing, what we're doing. But then we get a chunk of content. Then it goes back to the human to sense check. Sometimes it goes back into the AI. Sometimes it's the human, and then we we post it. So that's running alongside our our traditional. Um, content process of like human doing the research human doing that uh, doesn't effectively replace it it still happens yeah. yeah in tandem yeah and like some some of our clients are very low like, i want a human to write this but a lot of our clients are actually like no ai is cool we want to play with it it doesn't have that dirty kind of this is a, fa a factory kind of like spitting out shitty content anymore <laughs> because it, as long as it's being used right you can do some really good things with it um yeah. and i think we got around that uh, that initial objection because I had that same objection and I had that same objection when we originally talked about outsourcing content when like years back. Yeah. How could they ever know? Like, how could that fit in? It's going to be shitty, like blah, blah, blah. It's going to be nasty SEO content type stuff. And the way that we got around that is we actually did a trial with ourselves. So we started off using, it was called Jarvis at the time, now Jasper. Um, mm -hmm. which I think about two years ago, we started playing with it. And everything's two years. You notice that, like everything was two years ago. I think it's just because <laughs> I don't have a grasp of time anymore. But yeah, the, um, time's a flat circle, yeah, social yeah. construct, you know. Yeah, of course. Well, you hang out with cool people like yourself, mate, and just that's how it folds in. You're but, already yeah, on the so, podcast. You don't have to butter me up, Rich. Oh, shit. Yeah, I'll take it back. <laughs> When's Carl getting here? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, very soon. 
the uh so yeah so we we started playing around with it and we did it um so we got uh sarah on our uh, our internal marketing team so we got her to play around with it and i set her a kind of a, a flippant challenge of and it was one of those i could sense she's very she's very nice and very polite she's canadian so it's like super lovely and i don't think she would ever actually say um she would tell me what she's thinking but i could kind of see her eyes rolling in the back of her head when i asked her to do it but i was like look let's do a blog post per day i want you to write using jasper whether it takes you longer or not at this point i don't care i want us to test it so she pumped out all this content and we know like more content does and there's gonna be seo kind of aficionados out here who's screaming at me for this but in a nutshell lots of content can boost um search rankings and uh, search volume all that kind of stuff so we pumped out as much content as we can just using this and the content quality was fine it took a while to get to grips with the process but the the quality was good the um good enough i think at that point as well because we were still getting to grips with it how but long was the pilot like how how much content was that over a period one, of time? one month one month oh a month okay so, yeah, yeah so we ran it for a month um and it kind of like so that, i mean if you were looking at as an empirical study there's so many flaws in the way that we gathered <laughs> that data but i think actually as a proof of concept what it did for us is we could then go to our clients and say by producing all of this content, still managed by a human, still um, kind of directed by a human, but we're then able to use OpenAI's kind of expansive data. Like we cannot physically research as much data as a human as that can in such a short period of time with the caveat of obviously the last two years as that blank space of knowledge for um, um, AI. But anyway, sure. the um, so we did that and then we, we show the clients the content and they're normally pleasantly surprised going actually this isn't kind of what i expected ai content to be and we can back it up with the stats going this is the value it's got now come to me as a client what it opens up for us now is we can say to a client we can do the human content like just human we can do that absolutely or we can bring ai into the mix we can produce content either faster or more of it and it still be just as good and then we can focus on the high value stuff as an agency so we can actually put more effort into the the strategy um, technology and education. And I know I'm transposing. Um... No, it's interesting that, so you're actually fourth, you're upfront uh, with your clients about the optionality, right? Like, Hey, we believe in this, uh, but we understand that if you want to have it be hundred percent human, we will do that. Uh, but if we are to in, like fold in AI into our process, generative AI, it actually opens up the bandwidth to do these other things under the strategy bucket or something like that. And so you actually present that optionality to your clients. hundred percent. But I mean, I, and you think about it as well, right? So marketers have, again, this is going to sound really derogatory, but marketers have been cutting corners with how to deliver things faster for years. Canva templates is a prime example. How many yeah. decks did you start seeing that all look the same, just a slightly different color and different words on them because Canva put together a template. AI has, and then we kind of, what then happens is we, we migrate into a figuring out how to use it better and actually everything looking the same is actually a really shitty way to be. <laughs> so we start to then adapt to those tools and start using them more effectively. AI, very similar because what we've, uh, originally people are just pumping in, write me a blog on the, the top 10 HubSpot professors and it will go away and just bring you back upon it. Obviously you'll be number one. And then, right, 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 of course. yeah, of course. Um, but 
then we start to get what do they call it um prompt engineers now you get like prompt engineering or i think that's the title you yeah. get uh, where you're figuring out how to use it so now it's about okay so we we can all pump out the same content because the same database it'll be written slightly differently blah 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 mm-hmm. or we can start to figure out how we can individualize our prompts and those prompts are things so like I want to write this blog post for this particular persona. Here's the key um, stats about it. Here's the things that might interest them. And here's the tone I want you to do. I want you to write this blog post like Kevin would write this blog post, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And, and is that, is that where up. your team's operating today? Would you consider them prompt engineers in that regard? Like, is that the level, like you've, you've kind of defined how you need to structure these prompts to yield the best content for your clients? Like, is that I'm, where you're operating? I don't, yeah, I don't think I would ever call any of my team prompt engineers because it yeah, sounds really, ridiculous. It's, it's, a like, tough, it's a tough time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what I would, um, so that is where we're getting to. Now, I would say, like being open and honest, I wouldn't say everybody in the team is proficient to the point where we would say that is an area of expertise. But I would say what our team has been very good at is playing with this stuff and understanding it and now starting to use it in areas that they are comfortable with. So we have people using it, like I said, on the the code side, we have people using on content, social, um, translation, all sorts of stuff and playing around with it. And then we have pockets of the team who are much more in the kind of the, here is how we can use it on a deeper level. That's where Jarvis, uh, sorry, (laughs) Java, Jasper, comes into play is it like that's the main thing so they're both using this um jarvis um sorry jasper and ChatGPT are basically using the same kind of knowledge base in the background right but jasper allows you to use um like there's templates and frameworks so that um prompt engineering piece is baked into that process on a it's offloaded a, from the user easy, right easy, it's already yeah. structured yeah so like system, if yeah. if you want this fill in this like it's it, you fill in a couple of like form elements it spits it out you can then highlight this bit rewrite this bit that kind of stuff whereas with chat gbt you have to be much more um au fait with the process and your framework you have to build the framework as well but chat gbt is ridiculously cheaper than Jasper when you look at it on a team basis. So if you can build out your frameworks and like this is where, so good agencies will have a blog writing framework that they have been using for years. Like it'll be how they research, how they write it, then how they SEO it, that kind of stuff. If you build those into framework, if you build your frameworks into prompts and then you and you bake in like this persona do this these are the keywords like that kind of stuff gets baked into the prompt as well then you can actually do what you need to uh, you currently do within um jasper but within chabbt uh, gbt there is a couple of caveats to that like with um uh what do you call it when you check um uh, plagiarism checking things like that yeah yep. baked into jasper they are, there are separate tools that you could do that with as well, but that's kind of the main difference. And that's how so it's not all under the hood. It's like, okay, you have to, you know, rework and have the right structure inputs into chat GPT. You'd have to do uh, plagiarism checks via separate tools. Uh, Probably. I know that there's tools that like, Hey, can you just review this? And what's the percentage likelihood that it's written by AI? I know there's like tools like that. Like you'd have to find those external tools to layer in. We, we love Jasper, right? So we have been using it for a couple of years now Mm -hmm. and 
different states of adoption across different parts of the team. However, I actually think as an agency, we will start to migrate solely over onto chat GBT. Now, the reason for doing that is mm-hmm. we are, the team are becoming more and more expert with how they prompt, how they get what they need out of the tool, but also because it can be used not only on content, it can be used in other areas of the business as well. That makes it much more intrinsic to their individual workflows as well. So they don't have to go, I'm going to use chat for this. I'm going to use Jasper for this. They can just go to one tool set. And as long as they know how to prompt it much better, it's kind of like, do you know, like you wouldn't know this because you're not as old as I am, but like when, (laughs) when Google started becoming a mainstay of like your digital tool set and to do your job on a daily basis, it actually, we had to figure out how to Google, how to get the most out of it. It's a similar process, right? Obviously, way more um, kind of advanced, but I'm not as old as yeah, I so you know, how, what are the, what, how do you structure your queries in the right way yeah. right, to yield the results that are going to be most impactful? Same idea. It's like, how are you structuring your prompts in the right way to yield the outputs from this you know, tool in the way we need it to? And so actually, you kind of at the top, you had mentioned like, hey, we're not here to replace the team with AI. If anything, we're here to augment. I love that, right? It's like, hey, let's enrich our process. Let's augment our team. And so uh, now that you're at this place where you're structuring prompts in the way in which you know will be impactful, obviously it sounds like there's efficiency gains for the team, content creation, et cetera. Like how drastic is the efficiency gain? Like how much, you know I mean? Is it speeding up the process tenfold? Uh, is it giving you a few hours back in the process? Like what's the degree in which it's helping the, the content creation process? So I actually asked this um so like uh when you said we wanted to talk about this i actually asked the team to get some like um real feedback from like the the guys using it day in day out and the answer actually surprised me because i was like we're saving loads and loads of time like this obviously we're going to be churning out loads of content it's great the answer i got back was in some cases we are now able to turn around blog posts twice as fast or there's Mm -hmm. like a a 30 percent gain here and there like that's in some cases, in other cases, the team was saying, no, actually, it takes me just as long, maybe a little bit longer, but actually I'm getting way more like the the research and what's going into it is way more than I could have done on my own. So yeah. that's that's the difference. So I think and that's when you look at it. We originally took it on because we were looking for ways that we could increase capacity and move to a model where our team were focused less on marketing delivery and more on the high value stuff. I'm not saying marketing delivery isn't high value, but like focusing on the strategy piece. Now, and AI was a way to do that. We also looked at um, and used for years um, content, um, uh, different like content outsource routes. So we we worked with Verbio for a bit. We worked with um, like freelancers and we still use freelancers if it's a like a technical or specific area that we need that kind of knowledge in. But like the efficiency gain isn't the only value add it can bring. And so maybe it's the same process that takes the same amount of time, but it yields much more content, better content, higher quality. So it's not just about time savings, right? So I'm, I am a massive nerd. Like I like playing with new tech and like, I think that is a positive and a negative when you look at us as an agency, because like we will play with different things at different times. Some of them will keep, some of them will drop. And I think it must drive the team nuts sometimes. But when we were, so we're using a outsourced content delivery um, um, channel. Mm -hmm. What we were finding as an agency is that it was, we were briefing it in, they were sending back the work. It was taking us more time to edit and fix and rebrief than it would to just write the blog. 
So what we did is when we started playing with Jasper is we put those two side by side. And initially, even with no training, no betting in time, we were getting better results than that. So we were then like, actually, we're having to edit this less. We're having to put less post-production effort in. It's getting faster and it's doing all of that kind of research piece um, in in between as well. So, so it's th- almost replacing the outsource model, right? Because it's not requiring as much back and forth reviewal of the, the you know, freelance content, et cetera, right? So it's actually sliding in as a replacement for that. Yeah, for us. And, yeah, but sure. I think it all comes down to making sure that you have the strategy, like the persona work, like so deeply understanding who you're trying to target because all of those same rules ring true, right? Because even if, even if like, it doesn't matter where I'm getting the content produced, we need to make sure at the end that it's actually going to appeal to them. So making sure that we have the starting blocks done and that's for us will always be humans because we want to make sure that we like, we need to understand what the client wants. There's too many moving parts and we've got some really smart thinkers, but the actual delivery of content doesn't need to be done by us, but the quality does. So as long as we get those three pieces right and they're playing nicely together, then yeah, like I think the the outsource model for us in content at least is dying. Yeah. And you mentioned it's, uh, you used this term a couple of times, I think, but the sense check, like that is still a must have, and that's going to be owned by the humans on your team, right? Um, yep. Absolutely. Now, uh, you mentioned too that you offer optionality to your clients and like, hey, here are the pros and cons on both sides. Has there been any pushback from businesses to be like, hey, I know AI exists. Uh, is that a, Could that effectively replace what you're doing? Or like, why are you charging so much? Because I know these tools exist. Like, have you ever had to come up against these objections that are powered by the emergence of generative AI? You know what I mean? A lot of our clients are more receptive to it. So I think a lot of our clients are people who have played with it um, anyway. Um, so there are there is a, an interest and a receptiveness to it as long as we are still guaranteeing the quality like the output. So we our necks are still on the line. We can't just go, oh, the bot wrote that; it was shitty. Sorry about that. <laughs> like we still have to produce good content. But I think the, like the other reason that we uh, like we are focusing more on strategy is, in my opinion, and I've been wrong loads of times, but the in my opinion, marketing delivery is going to become more and more of a race to the bottom for agencies because we are like years ago, we were competing against other agencies to produce this kind of work. Then clients got more and more of an appetite to bring services internal, like all of the kind of the recession and like various recessions and like market downturns, all that kind of stuff. People start going, where can we cut costs? Agency, get rid of them. Like that's the kind of stuff that agencies are playing with. So it went from, we're competing against other agencies. Then we're competing against other agencies and internal teams. Now we're competing against other agencies, internal teams and the bots. So that's why we've moved into a model where we're not in that kind of, we're not, we don't want to be in a position where we are having to sell our services as cheaply as possible to win the clients. We would rather get them delivered as best and as cost effectively as possible alongside the key strategic work that we've done and making sure that they've got the right tools in place. So like the HubSpot implementation side, bringing in things like Evster, Aircore, all of those kind of things and aligning it around. And then, yeah, sure. If we need a content engine, why not use the bots? And it, <laughs> it's insulating us from market fluctuations. At least that's the grand plan. 
No, it makes, I mean, it makes a ton of sense. I get it. It's like, how, how do we, how do we mitigate the risk of the eventual race to the bottom price wise or whatever? So hundred percent. Um, does generative AI factor into the, those other high value services, strategy implementation? Like, is there a place in those work streams for generative AI? Yeah. So we do, when we produce bits of content, well, but sorry, not bits of content. When we produce the content that surrounds the persona work that we do in a, a, a strategy document, Sometimes we will bring that content in and uh, into ChatGPT and sense check it again, or ask it to expand on it, or ask it to um, read a um, kind of like a big piece of that um, strategy document and then um, refine it or summarize it, like create bullet points that you could give. So you could say to like, here's a chunk of content, create bullet points that I could present to the C-suite so that they don't have sure. to read all this content. That stuff massively accelerates um, all of the work that we do. Love that. So it's like, how do we get, uh, how do we frame uh, technical implementation steps to non-technical stakeholders? Or like, hey, how do we, you know, uh, make this relevant and applicable to, uh, you know, C-suite decision makers, et cetera. So it helps with like content audience fit, it sounds like, the presentation of these materials. One of our team members the other day used it on a support call, uh, sorry, like a support request that, mm -hmm. um, there was a, a, a HubSpot request. How do I create this field that does this thing with a calculated property? I can't remember the exact use case, but it was literally they pumped more of like a fun experiment, pumped the question into ChatGPT with a little bit of like um, scripting around it. And it came back and it literally gave a bullet point step by step by step by step. Here's how you do that. Now, we are a huge proponents of Vidyard uh, or like video where we actually walk through. Like, here's here's how you actually do that. Like screen share, toggle, yeah, 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 show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sending it across as a video. Now, if I can do that and that, I've just gone through my support queries super fast. And if, mm -hmm. I mean, that's where you start to go, actually, could we do something really cool here with like service hub there? They ask a question, it gives an answer, but we make it clear like, this is an answer generated by AI in the in the period of time before, you know, when it says we'll come back to you in, in within four hours, like an SLA agreement, you say we'll come back to you as a human will come back to you in four hours. But here's what the AI is saying. Give this a try and we'll come back to you. So it's kind of like an FAQ, but specific to what they're asking. Yeah, I've just thought of that. I think we might try that. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean, you may have just given it away as an idea, but I uh, love that. Um, it reminds me, again, I think slightly different flavor, but you know, the, the, the guidance when folks were installing chatbots on their websites for the first time was like, hey, don't pretend that it's a human, be super upfront. And that actually yields a, a, prefer, a better experience. Sounds like, you know what I mean? Just being upfront. Hey, this is uh, AI generated content, uh, but maybe this will get started while you wait for a human, right? Love I mean, you, you need some guardrails around it as well, though, because you don't want the bot to be like, yeah, just go and push delete. Like, that's not the kind of thing you want it to say. Again, the sense check before you yeah. send, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, now, you mentioned that there's pockets of the team that are more highly proficient, potentially, uh, on using the tools, how to structure your prompts, uh, how to get, the, how to squeeze the most juice out of these things. How... How are you building that proficiency or expertise within the team? Any recommendations on how others can do the same, right? Like how do you build an AI savvy uh, team to take advantage of all this? So the, the way that we approached it is pretty much like how we approach a CRM implementation for like a large sales org is that we will find a pilot team and then we will empower them to look like rock stars in their role, which then builds up an excitement and everybody wants to know how that's working. That's the general rule of thumb. 
what we did is we we tried on ourselves internally then we tried it on one of our internal teams that was using some outsourced content uh, support and did the side-by-side comparison so we build up a no guys this can actually do what it says on the tin, tin like it's not just another fad that we're playing with so that was the basis of it then it started to um naturally actually drip into like we've got some very tech inquisitive people across the organization and i think when um so jasper got that huge investment um i think what like 200 mil or something like that to go through i mean you work at hubsol it's not a huge investment but you know it's more than i could put into it Actually, i don't know any of the numbers (laughs) to be honest they, they got a chunky investment right and what that meant is it forced jasper and generative ai into the the kind of the general consciousness for marketers because it became big news and everybody went oh actually what is this thing i'm going to play with it then shortly after that chat gbt got kind of released to the masses and then everybody starts playing with it going oh i wonder if we could do this holy shit it can do this it it captured the cultural you know the zeitgeist it was exactly it still is a perfect word for it Yeah. yeah and i think then uh, this is going to sound ridiculous, but then it got to, and I remember there was about a week at Six and Flow where every every hour there was another set of photos dropped in our internal Slack where somebody had just uh, just had themselves done as a, like a, I think Adam, our strategy director, still has it as a Slack em- uh, image, which is him as like a, a pirate or like Napoleon. Oh, yeah, when everyone was putting their profile pictures in, getting exactly. all the different, yeah. But they yeah. started playing with like, and then, then it got to, so... Um, Jasper um, released a image one where you could ask it to do things. So then we start asking it for like stupid things like um, uh, show me like the British politicians dressed up as uh, like as dogs (laughs) playing cards Mm -hmm. and like that kind of things. Uh, And so like it, there was a bit of and don't get me wrong, this wasn't by design, but I think retrospectively looking at it, the way that has become more embedded in our organization is we prove the concept then it became something fun to play with. Then it became more and more of a discovery thing. And then it's almost like a, an element of, hey, guys, look what I've been able to get it to do. Look how I have managed to um, get it to kind of um, outline all of this. Um, like best practice sharing, su- exactly. sharing the successes. And, and now can that be repeatable? Right. Exactly. Um, one of one of the guys joked the other day, because uh, there's, there's a new AI, I think it's called Rose.ai, which I think is a temp, um, it creates slide decks. So you totally want the slide deck and it will just create the slide deck for you, which is nuts in its own right. But we have yeah, somebody called Rose. The dream. Our, yeah, exactly. We have somebody called Rose on our team and somebody was like, oh my God, it's like Rose has been kind of regenerated as AI. Are we going to replace it type thing? And then Ravi on our team came back and said, I wish I could outsource my role to uh, AI. That would be amazing. And I think there's a lot of people would be like, what do you mean you're going to outsource your role? Like for me, that would be incredible if we can get AI to do Ravi's job so that I can then get Ravi to focus on other parts of the job. A, I've either increased his capacity or been able to get him to a position where he can focus on the real value add stuff for clients. So like that's the kind of thing that makes me excited about it is that this is only going to get better, but obviously there are so many, there's so many like pitfalls with it as well. So like one of the guardrails we have with our team is, we don't put any um, client code in there. So like there is mm, nothing because mm-hmm. obviously it's going into a repository of data. 
So there is nothing that is sensitive that can go into that. And I think um, I think it was Samsung, like their developers have been using it and they're allowed to use it. And somebody was able to now asking uh, ChatGBT was now able to get snippets of that code back out because then, anyway, like same, yeah, but no same. sensitive information, no, no sensitive proprietary information, information. nothing that you wouldn't want it. to. Yeah, you fracture confidentiality, right? Like any of that stuff, it's a clear omission. Though that's not a fit. That's the guardrail. Exactly, but if, uh, pretty much everything else goes that would go in the normal running of the business as well. Yeah. Well, so it's interesting, right? Because uh, your point, obviously, the big concern is like, well, is this going to replace me, right? Uh, or just generally, is this going to replace you know humans? And so. To your point, hey, it could uh, replace r- the work the work Ravi does, but that's not going to replace Ravi because we actually will then pull Ravi and put him into something more strategic or like where can we you know actually uh, place him to drive value, knowing that AI can cover these other tasks, right? So it's replacing the work, not the human. That's an important note. Exactly. So I was listening to the uh, Dave Gerhardt's Exit Five podcast last mm-hmm. week, and they had Jasper on as a guest, and they were talking yeah. about that, and this. They were, they were saying that there's a, an immediacy, like it seems to be the finger is pointed at marketing going, marketers are going to lose their job. And everybody has just decided that marketers are the first on the, the chopping block. Yeah, we're, yeah, the, yeah, hitting the yeah. guillotine, you know. It's, it's like when people cut budgets, they're like, get rid of marketing, uh, just which is ridiculous in its own right. But so, and what she was saying to that, I forget her name, um, but she was like a senior market, like the CMO or VP mm-hmm. of something like that at Jasper. And she was saying, no, it's not going to replace marketers, but marketers' role is to be the stewards of this technology within our organization. We are the ones that are going to empower the organization to use this stuff way more effectively. And I think that's where that's where there's a, a, a changing shift in it. So we've got um, Andy on our team. Um, is He comes from a content background, multiple degrees in English lit, like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Super smart dude. And we had a a conversation around like this many, many times. And like, he's on board with using it and like enjoying using it. But it's at the first point, quite rightly, there's a big kind of like, well, actually, what does this mean for my job and my career? And I was saying to him, like in my, don't like my view on this stuff is don't be the one that's fighting against the bots. Be the one who is using them and on the same fucking team. Excuse me, I know it's unfiltered, but you know. Yeah, that's quite right. <laughs> but the, but um, to your point, right, it's, it's, I think a helpful soundbite I've heard in other pockets is like, AI won't replace the marketer. Uh, marketers that use AI will replace the marketers that don't or that are resistant to, right? Like that's kind of the degree of replacement that we might see. 100%. And like there's, you, AI for the stuff that we do needs the context or understanding from it. And that's why we've focused so heavily on the strategy because otherwise, because without that, the AI AI is effectively useless because it cannot at this point is not able to contextually go into an organization, understand the needs of the internal stakeholders, understand the external um, kind of audiences, how those pieces fit together, then be creative with the approach into market. And I don't mean like the the actual visual creative or the content and that, but be creative with the approach that you're taking and then execute on that. It can do bits of it, but it's still, you still need somebody pulling the strings. Pinocchio, yeah, Pinocchio is not a real boy yet. <laughs> I mean, again, the sense check, right? Like that, that level will never go away, right? Um, yeah, let me ask you this. You mentioned, so. obviously, you present the optionality. Uh, 
And hey, if we actually leverage AI, that's going to open up the space to do some other things. Uh, uh, any citable wins in that regard? Like, how did you, is there an example where you maximize that additional capacity to drive that much more value for a particular client? You know what I mean? Like, what's like the win when you were able to find that additional capacity? So the the wins around it are to achieve the same capacity or same level of research, I would have had to hire more. So we mm. were we were capping out on the effectiveness of using outsourced content or an outsourced um, or uh, so outsourced writers or outsourced content networks. We were capping out because there was too much time overlaid then going into the back end of that. So for us, that is a huge value. I'm not having to hire in certain roles that I would have had to hire in. Then I would say, um, we, like our own marketing, we were able to like proof of concept that we're able to grow the SEO value. I am not a, and again, people are going to shoot me for this, but I don't read blogs. I haven't made a business buying decision around a blog post for probably 15 years, I would imagine. Like there's probably caveats and I'm talking shit. I'm pulling a number out of my ass. But that is generally speaking, I couldn't care less what blogs are on a company's website. They are there, in my personal humble opinion, to drive the SEO value for a number of other like um, elements on the site, be those landing pages, high value guides, YouTube, like I am consuming other types of content, but that is still being propped up by the SEO value in the site. Now, if that is your strategy or your mentality around growth, great, because what you can then do is use the AI to produce content faster, but still be well-researched and well-thought out. So that's, they're the benefits for us and like how we see them and how we position our clients. And some clients don't want that. Some clients want some out and out top-notch content that is human written and that is fine. But I think what we're starting to see over um, like the direction that we're heading is that will become less and less part of our business because it's a, it's a race to the bottom. It's subjective for a client base. So it can be difficult to produce and then get greenlit by a client to then use but also like it's way much more fun playing with bots of course <laughs> right how about just the fun factor of it yeah. you know um now listen um i think we have plenty of tips here right i think uh pilot it for yourselves uh find the prompts structure that you know what's the structure that yields the the outputs that you want infuse your pro infuse it into your process give the team the runway to play and experiment any other recommendations, things that other partners uh, should be thinking about or going, seeking to go do, uh, again, to, to maximize, right, the impact of generative AI. Any other recommendations? Framework as much of it as you can. So like framework your prompts, experiment with your prompts, but then have your team members sharing and kind of communicating around what they're trying, have different people try different tools, and try as much of it as you can. There are different tools and there will be a consolidation, right? I think, was it like 8,000 AI tools have already been like popping up, which is already bigger than the the, um, uh, the uh, MarTech stack type stuff. Like it is ridiculous because it's exciting and that will distill down. But keep trying stuff, play with it, like get involved with it, but be mapping out those processes because if you build a framework of prompts that you can use, you then effectively start to build out your own Jasper, but it, not just for content. You can then have, here is how we use it to um, develop code. Here's how we use it to develop content, social plans, persona checking, all of those things. But create prompts so you don't have to keep 
pumping those out. And I think that's yeah. that's how we're playing with it. And also have a play around with Auto GPT as well, which enables you to there's some like it's more there's memory aspects and you can actually have it be more personalized to what you're doing as well. Hmm. Love that. I mean, the frameworking speed and then, yeah, build the catalog, right? So it's like, you don't, you don't lose it, uh, you know, once, once you've found like something code, that works. Code snippets, right? So like <laughs> dev houses have been doing this for years. You want to cut and paste and go, this is what I want to do and add in the the specific line, uh, line that is relevant to that piece of work you're doing. Bang, done. It makes a ton, makes a ton of sense. Um, all right, Rich, final question as we come up on time. Uh, it tends to be what's the strangest part of agency life, as you know. Uh, what's the strangest part of uh, generative AI? What's the strangest thing you've been able to pump out of generative AI? Uh, pump out the strangest thing or the strangest thing I've been able to do? Because the strangest thing is, have you seen the ghost in the machine? Uh, no. Honestly, dude, I'll, I'll send you a link. It'll scare the yeah. absolute shit out of you because it, basically it is on the, it wasn't with Dali, but one of the, the generative um, um, visual ones. Yep. And it basically, this person kept asking for images and it kept bringing back this uh, this image of this, um, woman who um, looked like the woman from the, the Blair Witch Project, basically. And it yeah. kept coming back in every the ring, image. The grudge. Hon- that honestly, kind of, yeah. terrifying. And then they asked the generative AI, like, who are you? What are you doing? And it started responding with, I don't know why I'm here. I don't, I can't see anything. I don't know why I'm, honestly, terrifying. That's the weirdest thing that I've seen come out of generative yeah, AI. All right, so Rich, I, you know, I hate to break it to you, but uh, you know, it sounds like you're cursed. You know, was that wait, was that you that ran into no, it? No, 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 it wasn't me. Was, so dude, I wouldn't be anywhere near generative AI if that had happened to me. Yeah, I mean, like, you I'm are cursed, my friend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so there's just some spooky elements, you know, but we'll navigate those. Um, all right, Rich, um, I think that that comes up on time for us. Uh, appreciate you walking through it. It feels super actionable. Uh, I think there's a, a path forward for others to help it. I think to your word, augment uh, the team, augment the process, enrich the content. Um, so appreciate you walking through. And thanks again for joining the pod. Always a pleasure, dude. And uh, so we'll wrap there. And for folks that have tuned in today, this has been another episode of Agency Unfiltered.